When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. There's many reasons to do a script, but one of the things I've heard, and also one of the things that I experienced in this is that, you know, you read a character and you want to be responsible for uh, him or her, or they, you know, you, you want to do it. Jonathan Majors recalls first reading the script to The Harder They Fall, and how he quickly realized he wanted to play the starring role of cowboy Nat Love. I'm Janelle Riley. On this episode of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Jonathan Majors about The Harder They Fall, as well as his recent entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe via Loki, and much more. It's all on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Director and co-writer James Samuel's debut feature film, The Harder They Fall, is an epic western that stars Jonathan Majors as cowboy Nat Love, who seeks revenge on the man who killed his parents, but who also finds love along the way. Where's Rufus Buck? Oh. <laughs> Bass. Judy. If I'd known you were switching sides, I'd have asked you to come join us. You here for your damsel in distress? Now you don't look hard of hearing. So I'm gonna ask you again. Where's Rufus Buck? Well, clearly, you don't know me. The film's all-star cast also features Idris Elba, Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield, and Zazie Beetz. The talented and charismatic Majors has been building a name for himself the last few years with heralded roles in films like The Five Bloods and The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I recently spoke with Majors about The Harder They Fall, as well as how he recently entered the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a big way, appearing in the season finale of Loki as He Who Remains, setting up a whole new chapter for the MCU. He is now formally confirmed to appear next as Kang the Conqueror, a variant of He Who Remains in Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. We began by discussing how long he had to keep his MCU appearance a secret and how good he is at keeping secrets. I guess it would be from the time I got the job, you know, my invitation to the MCU to the premiere of uh, episode six. So let's just try it. Right. So we start September, October, November, maybe November. I find out that I'm I'm coming. I'm going to do it. And then 
Probably about seven months. Wow. Was it hard or have you always been good at that? I don't really talk to people much. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, I just got, I, I just really keep, I just keep my head down, you yeah. know, and like, you kind of feel like, um, it's odd to say, but you kind of feel like, uh, it's, it's kind of biblical, you know, you feel like you got this little secret, you feel like Mary, yeah. you, you got this little gift, you know. Because there were rumors about you being cast in Ant-Man, which I knew at the time you couldn't address because I thought it was public knowledge, but but right. you very expertly evaded um, the questions about it. But I don't know if anyone, maybe like some people did expect you to show up in Loki, but it was just, it was, I literally squealed when you came on screen. <laughs> well, Loki, Loki, you know, the interesting part about it is that it's all the Marvel universe, right? And you have the Marvel Cinematic Universe and I think the big conversation was, is Kang going to show up in Loki, you know? And so there's a couple of entities, like there's Kang and then there's the actor that plays Kang and how they work that, because that's just the nature of of this world now, you know? So, you know, they didn't expect He Who Remains, you know? <laughs> um, I didn't expect He Who Remains, but I'm very glad uh, we met and I'm glad he got to be introduced to everybody else. And what's it like to join something? Like I'm a huge Marvel fan, as you can tell by my shirt. Um, but, uh, you know, what's it like to, to be asked to join something that epic? And I mean, like 20 movies and they've all been good. Yeah, it's wicked. Um, how does it feel? I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's kind of like acting, acting of old. You know, I think about the old Shakespeare uh, companies or troops and stuff like that, where you have, you know, you have a repertory uh, company and your repertoire, and there's a group of actors and they put on these plays, you know, and it's very akin to my training as an actor, you know, at North Carolina School of the Arts, you know, you have the entire, you know, dramatic canon, you know, at Yale, you have the same thing. And, you know, there's 32 of us, uh, no, there's not much of it. There's uh, 60, 60 of us about, you know, at Yale. There was uh, probably 90 of us at NCSA. And that's the company, you know, and you're building plays and 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 you have an endless amount of stories you can tell with the endless amount of uh, um, scene partners. So it's, it's really exciting, you know, in that way. Yeah. I love that you say Shakespearean because I remember going to see Thor, which was a big turning point for me with, mm-hmm. with Marvel movies. And Think you know, Thor to me had always been like this goofy, you know, blonde guy, you know, with a rainbow bridge. Like, what is that? And I saw that movie and I don't know if it was Kenneth Branagh directing it. I don't know. But it was Shakespearean. It was fathers and sons and it was worldwide, you know, universe wide stakes. And it, it really like turned me around on the whole the whole idea of this of this universe. We're on the same page on that, because I do feel that, you know, it requires a certain amount of um um, I just look at the company, you know, you have Tom Hiddleston, you know, who is a you know classically trained actor. You have uh, Benjamin Cumberbatch, um, Tilda Swinton, um, I mean, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I mean, these, these are all actors I really, really, really admire and really, really admired, you know, uh, while I was in drama school, you know, and I tend to look at people who have the same, um, we all take different roads, but there's certain paths that we take, you know, and if someone took the time to to sit in the classroom and, and try to work it out, you know, I look at that and I think that gives you a certain amount of size, you know, and the, the MCU requires that in some cases, you know, to have that, you know, that latitude 
And then there's others who just have the incredible imagination to to fulfill the to fill out the world or, or what have you. And it's just really neat. It's really neat. You know, I'm 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 really happy to to be doing everything I'm doing, you know, as a as an actor and an artist. But I'm, I'm very happy to be to have this also happening, you know, um, it's cool. I mean, talk about amazing ensembles, the harder they fall. This oh, yes. is, I mean, from top to bottom, people who I'm not familiar with, like Daniel Deadweiler, that like the yeah. world is going to fall in love with her, you yeah. know, to Idris Elba and Regina King and you. And it's, and and I believe you were the first person cast. No, not true. No. Okay. Um, there are a couple of people attached to the film. Eddie Kotheggi was in the film in some regards. You know, I always got to keep it straight. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, was in the film to some uh, to some extent. You know, already. Um, Idris Elba had been a part of the process and the project for fifteen years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I then I then I came in. You know, I came in. I came in. You know, in the time that you would for a film. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a great ensemble, incredible ensemble. I knew five minutes into this movie that it was my jam. You know, um, you, you know how you always kind of like you're a little trepidatious when you don't know. I really didn't know anything about it going in. Yeah. And like I, just that opening scene, I was hooked. And the, the, the yeah, scene. I mean, I mean, for me, too. I mean, you saw like an actress, you know, um, it, it is an opening scene. You see, that's kind of what made me want to jump in it and do it. You know, I looked at it and I went, oh, man, look what happens to the 10 year old boy, you know. It's the first time, it's actually the first time I read a script. I, I've heard tell that actors have this, you know, sometimes you read a script and you go, if it scares me, I'm going to do it. You know, you read a script if it's like, oh, it, if the if the people are cool, you know, I'll do it. I'll, you know, there's, there's many reasons to do a script. But one of the things I've heard and also one of the things that I experienced in this is that, you know, you read a character and you want to be responsible for uh, him or her or they, you know, you, you want to do it. And when I, when I met young Nat, on the page, I remember I was in Pasadena, uh, South Pasadena, at my best friend's house. I live in a, I live in a, uh, starting out and, and still now, I live in a, a garage. Really? Uh, yeah, behind my man's, he's my best friend, uh, behind his house. I should call him. I love you, man. Um, but behind his uh, house, and, and I came out and I was sitting on the, I was eating a bowl of Cheerios, which is like my favorite treat. And, um, Read, reading the script that my uh, friend and manager had just sent me. And I was really, you know, literally on page seven, I think. And I went, oh, I got to do this. And he walked into the house, you know, he's also an actor. He walked into the house and said, hey, man, I'm doing this movie. You know, little did I know it was going to be, you know, another you know, year and a half before I was you know, set to actually do the movie. Um, but but it was that moment that seeing that, that viral violation that happens to young Nat, you know, where I went, oh, I got you back, man. You mm. know, I got you. You know what I mean? Because next time you see me, you know, next time they see you, yeah, you're gonna be me, and I got you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll get this right. You know, try to. I was gonna say page seven. I don't even think you've appeared. I mean, your character has, but as a ten year old boy. So it's, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I I fell in love with the with the young version of him, and was like, that's who you want to advocate yeah. for. You know, and I knew that the story was so many, um, so many versions of the story. But in every iteration, Nat was trying to, you know, even the score, mm-hmm. even the score is what he was trying to do. And um, 
based off that hurt, you know, that that happened. So that's what I mean. I'm agreeing with you. Page seven, you know, it may or may not have been page seven, but page seven, that's when I was like, I'm in, I'm in. Just like you were hooked watching it. I'm in to play it. Um, And James Samuel, I I can't believe this is his feature film debut. It is so special and assured, and he has such a great way with actors. But, you know, was there any hesitation? You've had pretty good luck with first-time filmmakers, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know what that means, you know, what it is to be a first time, you know, film directors, you know what you're doing or you don't, you know, every film is different. Um, um, but I, I do understand the question, you know, like with Jane, with Joe Talbot, right, mm. who uh, directed Last Black Man in San Francisco and with James, um, but with a very different artist, you know, and, and being I know it intimately, you know, being directed and, and collaborating with the two of them. But what I find to be most um, similar about them is that they've shot the movie that their respective movies, they've shot them a hundred times. Really? You know what I mean? In their minds. Mm-hmm. You know? um, Joey had been living with this story for, you know, he's 12 years younger than James, but had been living with the story for, you know, 10 years. Right. James Samuel had been living with the story 30 years. You know what I mean? I mean, he told the story about when he was a boy, you know, with his mom and, and all these things like this story is like this world he's inhabited so many times. You know, that's something he would say to me, you know, I said, you know, I'm making a classic. I've made this movie, you know, a hundred times. And then if you watch it and that's where that audacity comes from, I think that's where the confidence comes from, mm-hmm. you know, it may you may think he's doing it blindfolded, but he's done it blindfolded a hundred times. You know what I mean? So he's he's kind of got it. He he has a he has a he has a way of going about it. And um yeah, and and, and he did he did very well. You know, um the film is um the film is, you know, he kept saying it's gonna be a classic. The film is a classic, <laughs> you know. Um um yeah, yeah, yeah. What does it mean? I mean, did, did you ever think that you would get to be the lead character in a western? You know, I just when I when I think of like Westerns we've seen in the past, it's like a very specific right. type. And I'm so excited that that type is changing. Well, there's two answers to that, right? Like to be an actor, you have to have some type of um, some type of grit about yeah. you, you know, some type of uh, idea that, that you can do it, you know. Um, but did I think I'd have the opportunity to do such a thing. Um, it's interesting and it's a bit prophetic in a way because again, you know, the people I've collaborated with, my first film that I did professionally, well, the only film, the first and only, the first film I did, you know, uh, was Hostels um, with directed by Scott Cooper and uh, Christian Bale was my Nat Love. You know, his character name was Blocker and he was the leader of that film and I was very much supporting in that. And, um, uh, Scott Cooper said to me, you know, one of these days, he said, you're going to be, you're going to be number one one of these days. I remember him saying that to me in front of uh, a, now a dear friend of mine, um, who I also should, you know, get, get in contact with. Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he said that. And so, you know, I, I did, I did have aspirations for it, but it, I didn't think it would really come around, you know, just because of the climate that we live in, you know, and where I, where we were, um, we're black entertainers, we're black artists, 
kind of dwell on the food chain, you know, in in Hollywood and shit and abroad. You know what I mean? It's um it's a very odd thing. And so when this came around, I had the same sensation. I had um a similar sensation rather that I had with um Atticus, you know, and I was like, this is impossible. But then <laughs> look when you meet James Sam, you realize very quickly that nothing, nothing really is impossible. You know, he has a way. And um it, it is that, you know, growing up, I would watch Westerns. You wouldn't see, I mean, I lived with cowboys, right? But I wouldn't see us on the screen, you know, small screen or big screen. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see that. So to speak to your question, you know, I had no reference. You know, I had no reference that uh, there could be a Nat Love. I knew there could always be a John Wayne. I knew there mm-hmm. could always be, you know, any iteration of the uh, Clint Eastwood canon. I knew that could exist. Uh, but if I were to do that, I would I would be breaking the mold as I'm not, you know, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed, or, you know, white man. You know what I mean? So, uh, but we've done it. You know, we've done it, you know, and uh, and, it, and it has been done before, you know. Um, we can re- we can reference Posse, you know, of course, uh, oh, but, it yeah. has, but, it, but it hasn't been done um, with this level of commitment. Right. And this level of industry. Right. That's that's the difference that this film is industry. Right. The industry um, is behind this Netflix. You know, the juggernaut that it is, is behind it, you know, and it's in collaboration with you know, some of the most entertaining artistic uh, individuals and black artists of our time, you know, citizens of our time, you know, that of um, James Samuel, you know, great uh, 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 Jay-Z, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty epic. And I actually want to let people know. <laughs> oh, no, 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 we're here to hear you, please. Um, I want to let people know because I, you know, whenever I see something, I forget the, the the opening line of the film. It has like a credit about like these people really existed yeah. or, or something like that. But these are real. Nat Love was a real person. Stagecoach Mary, Rufus Buck. These are all real yeah. people. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's so entertaining. You almost think it can't be real. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah. These people did exist. Yeah. That's, I think that's the line um, with a you know, full stop after each word, you know? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, that's the truth of it, you know, and that's that's the gift of the film in a way in regards to industry, in regards to genre, um, in regards to, um, you know, art form that that we're busting it, we're stretching it, we're allowing it to, you know, spread its wings fully you know, this entire genre, right? And once you do that, there's now different relationships that can that can be established, you know, in the quote unquote Western. There's now different, literally different stories you can tell. Um, and the beautiful part about it is you get that part, which is you know, good for narrative, but then you also get the just the human to human understanding of our history as uh, I'll speak for, you know, for me, for my history as a, as a black man you know, um, as anybody connected to the African diaspora. And that doesn't mean you have to be a member of the African diaspora. You can be close friends with a member from the African diaspora. You know, you can be the spouse of, you can be the stepfather, a stepmother too, you know, that, that gives you context and allows you to see these people, you know, that you've only seen in a certain way, 
um, with a bit more uh, with a bit more latitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't want to be? Who doesn't want to have that information? Who doesn't want to uh, step into that uh, power? And how do you go about preparing to play this character? Not just emotionally, but physically. I, this may sound silly, but I always wonder if there's like a cowboy school they send you to because you really have to learn. Uh, I, 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 you say that. I mean, I'm pretty sure you know at this point that yeah, there's a there's a cowboy camp. You know, that, <laughs> as you kind of go through, um, and they're all different. You know, this 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 of course. Um, aforementioned film uh, hostels. It you know was my first western, so we had a cowboy camp for that. This is my second cowboy camp. Um, this, this is also an outlaw camp, you know. Um, but yeah, there is a certain amount of uh, physicality, you know, that is necessary, you know, in order to play the role, right? In order to embody the role, I think one of the reasons people are so enamored with the cast is because everyone in that cast has the rap sheet, you know, of being a quote unquote real one. You know, these are these are G's. Regina King is a fucking G. Idris Elba is a fucking G. You know what I mean? Uh, Daniel Detweiler, we have all found, is a fucking G. You know what I mean? Pardon my French. I uh, probably should have said that from the, with the first F-bomb, but, you know, um, uh, 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 yeah, R.J. Kyler, he's a G. You know, um, Mary uh, uh, Zazie Beats, G. Keith Stanfield, I mean, that fucking G, you know what I mean? Like it is what it is, you know, um, because they do embody the roles, you know, uh, in some parts of the town, you know, you say, yo, you bodied it, you know, you bodied it, like you really lived it. And so it was imperative that, you know, actors of this caliber, you know, and it also lends to my approach, had the opportunity to do that, to embody it. You know, you, you can't fake riding a horse. You can't, you can't fake it, you know, you can't fake, um, you know, any of the athleticism that's needed, you know, in combat, you can't fake those things. You've got to be able to handle, um, handle what's coming at you, you know, um, otherwise you, you can diminish the story. And so, yeah, there was a great deal of uh, cowboy outlaw camp um, for me personally, you know, I took, I want to take the opportunity because as you said, there hasn't been many leading black cowboys in cinematic history, you know what I mean? And it may have been a selfish thing on my part, but I thought, well, I want to, I got to do it. I got to do all of it. You know what I mean? The stunts, the smoking, the whiskey drinking, the fight, the hand to hand, I got to do all of it. You know, this may be the only opportunity I have, you know, because it it hasn't come around before. What makes me think it's going to come around again? As we know, just because they know right don't mean they're going to do right. You know what I mean? So I say that to say um, it was a great fun in the cowboy camp and in like the extracurricular camp, you know, for myself and uh, Cinco, who was my uh, my horse, my horse scene partner and and friend. And uh, yeah, because we had to work those stunts together. You know, we did that over the we did that over um, over the lockdown. We did it um, over the weekends, you know, and we did it in rain, sleet, snow heat and all those things happen, you know, in, uh, in Santa Fe. Um, yeah, because you were supposed to shoot right when the pandemic hit. I don't know if you got any shooting done. Um, no, we were, and had we shut down. Away. We were a day, a away. day away. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you look at the climate. I mean, it's so strange. You know, I've been something about you, maybe because I can see you and you, you look like my mom a bit too. Really? Oh, that's such a compliment. <laughs> um, uh, I just feel comfortable saying like, you know, I've been on the road 
literally on the road for five years now, you know, kind of just kind of set to set, you know, and so it gives you a certain perspective, you know, on the world, not really having a, you know, a, a permanent roof that you, that I live under, you know, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. You get what I'm saying? And so I got to sit back and watch in a, I was marooned in a way, you know, by choice, but also by circumstance. And I could sit in New Mexico with my dogs and, you know, kind of watch the news and see what was going on. And you can watch both what's happening in the world and what's happening in your, your world, you know, as, as a, an actor trying to work, you know, you can see what's happening there. You can watch how things are, are coming out. You know, it's a miracle that um, the Holiday they fall was done and done with Netflix at that point. I mean, like, like, like it's, there's so many things that had to happen in order for this film to be made and to be made this way. I mean, our cast switched up a bit. There were scenes that were, added there were scenes that were taken away there were songs that were written there were you know all we we got to workshop it for, for a very long time um we wouldn't we wouldn't have had that opportunity but yeah i mean we were shut down the day i mean the next day we were up you know we we, we had the call sheets you know what i mean it's like that and did you think like well i'll see you in two weeks and, <laughs> and it stretched into months <laughs> uh, i mean i mean that's I what remember. we thought i remember <laughs> I remember all of us being in that room. I mean, here's the thing about actors, right? Like, it don't take much. I mean, even it, it's an occupational hazard, right? You say something, our imaginations just go, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, that room that we were in, like, it was so odd. They had us all in the same, they put all the cast in the same room during a pandemic. Like, we were not six feet apart. It was a whole shit show. Um, and we all kind of, we didn't know how long we were going to be down um but no one was taking it lightly you know it wasn't like two weeks we'll be back you know and something shifted in me in that moment where you know again as you say like these opportunities don't come around much you know um yeah you can be a leading man quote unquote but who's gonna do a western you know unless you be on a horse like that like that may not happen again you know and you want to do that you know as i said you want to be responsible for that kid you know so what are you going to do? So, you know, that's kind of where it all began. I think for everybody, you know, that internal ledger taking, you know, that balancing. Uh, and that's definitely what happened for me, you know. So there was no seeing two weeks, you know, I sent text messages to ex-girlfriends and all types of shit. You know, I get, get my life together, you know, and, and <laughs> you know, one of those. But I did know, I did know, you know, I had a feeling that we were going to be all right. Yeah. I mean, of course we were, right? I mean, a black Western, let's just call it what it is. You know, some of the most resilient people in the history of people, you know, um, black folk, you know, there was no way unless we were sabotaged uh, that we were going to quit, you know, as, uh, as, a, as a team. And as, you know, that there was no way I was going to give any sign of, you know, defeat. Mm-hmm even though at times we felt very defeated. After the break, more from Jonathan Majors. From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. It's the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. I'm Janelle Riley. We're talking to actor Jonathan Majors, star of Netflix's The Harder They Fall. Majors was Emmy-nominated this past year in the Outstanding Drama Actor category for his role on HBO's Lovecraft Country. It's a critically acclaimed series that only lasted one season. It's one of a number of honors he received for the series. It seems like every project you do has this amazing ensemble. And Mm. I'm so thrilled to see uh, so many people from Lovecraft doing so well. Uh, You know, I, I think you'll be running into Anjanou Ellis. A lot this season. She's amazing in King Richard. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great in that, in that trailer, man. I was like, whoa. Oh, my God. I love that movie yeah. so much. She's one of the most incredible actresses. Again, just NYU trained, so specific, so special, so individual in her work. I mean, that's my auntie. I love her. Yeah, I hope to, I, shit, I hope to be around. I mean, I know she'll be there, but we'll see. <laughs> And also Wumi Musaka, you know, you, you got to, we didn't get to share scenes with again in Loki, but now you're both part of the same Marvel universe. Yep. That's right. That's, it's so great to see. And I know like people probably ask you this all the time, but you know, any, would you be willing to return to that character if cool. people come to their senses and give a second season to Lovecraft Country? Oh man. It's, it's so, again, it's biblical in a way, you know, it's, I mean, Atticus, he's one of my best friends, you know, and, and I mean, the, the short answer is yes, you know, under the right circumstances, you know, those circumstances would be what? They're going to make it, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you kind of start from scratch. If it makes sense, you know, we go, you know, because there's multiple versions of, you know, a, a quote unquote, it's so crazy to even talk about season two of Lovecraft Country. Like, do you even bring back Atticus? Atticus died. You know, we are shit. You know, we all watched it. You know what I mean? And it was beautiful. I mean, it was beautiful. You know, I remember it. I was I was there, you know. Um, so it would have to be a choice to do so, you know. And if the art lined up properly, then, yeah, hell yeah, I'd be there. I mean, it's, it's Lovecraft, Atticus, of course. Do you think you're maybe drawn to these ensemble pieces, um, even when you're the lead or even if you're a supporting character? I mean, I'm even thinking of the Five Bloods and Hostiles, for that matter. Um, Do you think that has anything to do with your, you know, we were talking about theater, attending Yale and, you know, the the belief in the ensemble? Well, here's the thing about ensembles, right? It's like it doesn't matter. I mean, because you've seen them, right? Like and people tend to be a bit um, generous, right? with the idea of it, but it don't matter who's on that team. You know what I mean? Like, like you can watch, um, look at the Olympics, right? We got the best ball players in the world. How we lose a game, right? That's an ensemble. You know what I mean? It's really about leadership and empathy, you know? And when you're a part of an ensemble, you have to infuse that, right? You have to bring that, you have to establish a culture, you know? So it's not just, you put the best players on the team and you win, you know? It's that you put the best players on the team and those players want to be there. 
and they understand the mission at hand and everybody plays their position, you know? So no, I'm not drawn to, you know, I mean, I used to get, you know, doesn't play, doesn't play well with others, you know, really? uh, in, in, uh, in elementary school, you know what I mean? Behavior, unsatisfactory, you know, uh, I'm more or less, yeah, I prefer, you know, be by my lonesome, you know, but this was said to me, if you want to go fast, you know, you go by yourself. If you want to go far, you go with other people. But the cheat sheet is to make sure those other people and you and the director and the producers are all in alignment, you know. And so it just so happens I've been fortunate enough to be in alignment. And also the, when people comment on the ensembles, they, they're commenting on the ensemble when the film's over with. Mm-hmm. They're not on set. You know what I mean? They don't, you know, you can always, you had a championship, it's a championship, but you weren't there, you weren't there for practice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you weren't there for the fight in the locker room, you know, those things, you know, that amount of vulnerability and that amount of try amongst individuals for a common goal and that goal being a story or, you know, just supporting things like that's what makes an ensemble. Do you have any interest that you've already done so many amazing genres and roles I would love to see you in a big comedy. Um, you know, we get to see like a little twinkle in the eye of He Who Remains, which yeah. was really fun. Like he was, he was, he was pretty funny and charming. And maybe we'll get to see that in Ant Man. I don't know, but is is that something that interests you? I like telling stories. You know, um, I think there's something very beautiful about people who um, express themselves through humor, primarily. You know, and uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a different type of bop. You know, when you're in a comedy, Um, it's different music, you know. So, I mean, again, the short answer is yes, absolutely. You know, um, under the right circumstances, I'd absolutely love to, you know. I mean, I think I'm equipped for it, you know, but it'd be fun to share that, you know, expose that part of my artistry. I'd like to do that. Can you tell us anything about what you're working on now? I know you might be in a very secretive world, so I don't know what you're allowed to say. Yeah. (laughs) On, I'm working on this film called Ant-Man, Quantum Mania. Heard of it. Okay. <laughs> you can finally say that, by the way, when I spoke yeah. to you last year at this time. Right. You right, couldn't. Right. <laughs> it's, being, it's being done by this little studio. don't know if you heard of it. <laughs> um, MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, there's an up-and-coming uh, director named Peyton Reed <laughs> directing it. And um, there's this young kid, you know, going to be a breakout star. Uh, named Paul Rudd. He is young. He plays Ant-Man. <laughs> and, uh, and he's going to have a long future. I, I, I'm betting on him. That's pretty much all I can say. That. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect by that. I just, just pulled me away. That's Jonathan Majors, star of The Harder They Fall, now streaming on Netflix. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with another all-new episode featuring the weekly Award Circuit Roundtable and an interview with Anjanou Ellis from the Oscar-contending film King Richard. The Award Circuit Podcast is edited by Drew Griffith and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions in key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Clayton Davis, and Michael Schneider, I'm Janelle Riley. We'll see you on the circuit.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.